And now, a word from your sponsor. Hey, this is Dan Magana. I'm going to tell you about Anchor Podcasting. Anchor Podcast is what I'm using, and you could have it too. It's a free and easy way to make your podcast on your phone or computer, and they'll even distribute it for you through Apple, Spotify, Google, or many other ones. It's easy to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. All you got to do is download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Look forward to you getting on your own podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, mothers, fathers, sons, and daughters, welcome to Shake Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Magana. Welcome back to Shake Hands Podcast, part two of our interview with Mr. Steve Farrell, head coach at Waterloo West. The man, the myth, the legend behind the Iron Sharpers, Iron Camps, Iron Elite. Uh, so we'll just get right back into it. I want to welcome everybody back. Thanks for tuning back into our second half of this podcast. I decided to split it up into two parts because this man is uh, so involved in wrestling that I wanted to make sure we got all the kinds of different stuff in there for you guys that are interested in just what goes behind those camps, what goes behind the man that coaches at West High. So we were on to a cold night was our next guy that we were getting ready to talk about here coming up at West. For those of you who didn't tune in the first one, we're just going through some of the lineup that Steve has this year coming up at the Waterloo West High. It's a 3A program here in Iowa. It's the former home of Dan Gable where he graduated from and wrestled for. Uh, Waterloo also has the home of the Dan Gable Museum if you're ever in town, if you're coming to town for one of those uh, Iron Elite tournaments here in town. Don't be afraid to stop down to the Dan Gable Gym and check it out. They had a wrestling room in there for you warming up and stuff and it's only about two, three blocks away from where you're going to be holding the Iron Elite or Elite Iron Elite, uh, what's it called? The Iron Elite? Fall Nationals. Fall Nationals. And uh, Youth National Duels. And Youth National Duels. Well, there you go. So um, so I want to welcome you guys back, back there on, on uh, YouTube. This is my first YouTube one. Uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, I'm going to start doing it on YouTube. Uh, so if you want to check out the video, it's just going to be two guys sitting there talking, maybe three or four someday, hopefully. And uh, gradually it'll get bigger and better. But uh, I'm just starting out, so hopefully you stick with us and you keep being entertained and getting to meet some of our wrestlers, coaches, referees, uh, officials, and people who just have a tie to wrestling. You don't even have to bend a wrestler. Maybe you have a kid that wrestled. That'll be enough for me to want to interview you and just get your take on wrestling. So here we go. What about Cole? What do you know about this kid? Is he a senior, I believe, this year? His father, Jesse Knight, great guy. I know him personally. He works at John Deere's. And uh, known Cole since he uh, was scrapping in the youth circuit. Yeah, um, I think he'll definitely be an unsung hero for us this year at 132. Um, you know, he had success at our he had success at our um, ISI camps. Um, he was also a member of one of the team Iowa teams at Iowa AU. He did a lot of freestyle in Greco. Um, he's a kid that's always one of the first kids in the room, one of the last kids to leave, always doing extra stuff. So I think it's going to pay off for him this year. And anybody else? I, I believe uh, is Eddie one of your next guys. I had Eddie. Um, I seen him this summer at camp. Yeah, Eddie might be in there with you know we have Sykes that wrestled at 120 last year. I think he'll go up to about uh, 138 for us. Um, 
And, uh, you know, he had some success at camps as well. You know, he had a good off season. I think Hicks or Eddie will be in the 145, uh, 152 range. You know, 160, 174 so is kind of open. We have uh, Chapman. He got third at districts at 170. He'll probably be up at 182. Um, Adam Tier is a kid for us that wrestled either 195 or 220 uh, for us last year. You know, he had uh, 19 wins for us on varsity. Uh, so he'll be returning there for our upper weights anywhere from uh, – 195 to 220 and then uh you know heavyweights kind of uh up in the air with uh you know jared you know jared uh oh dear francis we have uh you know burris he's saying he wants to come back out he was part of that uh, rugby team that was uh, state champions um and uh that's a kid who i've known since he was a little guy he used to wrestle in my in my front yard with my son when they were you know eight nine years old he used to roll around that kids he, he's a He's had a, a pretty interesting life and some struggles, and, and I, I just really want to see that kid do well and come out on top someday. I know he, he struggles with his, his emotions as well and his environment, and, and I tell him all the time, uh, surround yourself with people that you want to be like and not people that just want you around them to, to drag you down. And if he does that, I think he'll have, have a lot more success, not just in wrestling, but in general. Uh, Burris, I, I, I've taken that kid bowling and other places with me when he was younger. He's a good kid at heart. He just, I think sometimes he has influences around him that drag him the wrong way. Um, so we've talked about your team and we talked about, you said you got a couple spots where it might be open. I, there's a lot of talk these years about uh, 13 weight classes, 11 weight classes, 10 weight classes like they're in college. What's your feeling on that? Um, do you think they should change the number of weight classes, change the weights of the weight classes or anything like that? How do you feel about the weight classes and what, what they're talking about with possibly cutting a weight class or two or three out of the lineup um, that I've been hearing rumblings about? Uh, I believe Pennsylvania is going to go with, uh, is it 12 or 11 or something like that yeah, for I this think, season? I, I think uh, one New York or somebody might be going down as well just for duels. And then another one that was had a ninety some pound weight class they added for smaller people for uh, I don't forget what it was for it might have been New York that was doing it there as well so you like the idea of cutting the weight classes uh, you I like really to keep don't it? I mean even when I was at small schools like Northeast Goose Lake and Lone Tree you know I saw it as an opportunity to recruit kids you know I'd be going around and uh, you know. You know, I kind of felt like I was a guy from a fair or something. I'm like, I think you look like you're about 160 pounds. I'm going to, you know, you know, I could, you know, anytime you're around wrestling, you can kind of tell, you know, what kids weigh and things like that. And, you know, I've always had pretty good success on, you know, recruiting kids, you know, at the school, just, you know, getting them out and, uh, you know, using that tool that, you know, the UFC has a lot of wrestlers, you know, you look like a tough guy, you know, things like mm -hmm. that. And, you know, just try it, you know. I mean, even if it's an open room coming in and just, you know, seeing if it's for them, I think that, you know, we're a big enough school definitely that, um, you know, to be able to recruit those guys out. And You're recruiting. You, you talk about that recruiting issue. And now you're working across town at the uh, East High while you coach over here at West High. Has that been a challenge for you? Um, for me, it hasn't. You know, I mean, I have uh, Joe Cadillac. He's an English teacher here. Um, so that definitely helps us to have at least somebody in the building, you know. Um, you know, so for me, it's, 
it hasn't been that much of a challenge. Also, you know, uh, my my prep is the last hour of the day, so if I do need to leave, you know, I'll, you know, talk to my admin about it and things like that. But, um, you know, f you know, I would like to get here, you know, but you know, it is, you know, this is, this is all I can control right now, and it's less know, than three miles away from so the other school, so yeah, the drive. Bad. You just you don't get to see him every day. What would you say is your favorite? wrestling memory either for yourself or maybe as a coach or or you know overseeing it or just as a fan what what's a what's a wrestling match or something that happened that really sticks out in your mind that you can remember uh probably for me was uh my freshman year at cedar falls when i think of good memories we were state champions there in 98 you know my brother got second on that team you know i was varsity on that team um you know, being able to, one, make the team, to be on the state championship team was uh, a very good memory for me, um, you know, because a lot of those kids that were on the team, uh, you know, we went to kids tournaments together growing up and, you know, had that camaraderie there. And it wasn't, it was a thing that you just, when you went out to wrestle, you weren't just wrestling for yourself, you know, you were wrestling for the team as well. And, um you know, I'll remember that for the rest of my life. You know, as a coach, um, you know, Forrest, I know you know Forrest Marks. He works yeah. uh, at ISI Forrest and Iron Elite. And, you know, coaching him when he was, uh, he started wrestling in seventh or eighth grade. And, you know, I had him as a freshman where he was like five and 15. And then 15 and 15 as a sophomore. And then junior year, he was 25 and 11. And then senior year, he was a runaway from placing at state, and he was a 38 and 8. You know, being able to see that growth, being able to, you know, be a part of that was really cool that, you know. And I think that's another thing that wrestling, for some people, isn't instant gratification. You know, it's not a video game where if you're losing, you can just shut it off and turn it back on again. Where um, you have to be persistent, um, and uh, definitely saw that in force and some other kids that I've coached. You know, um, you know, for example, you know, Aaron Slaughter over there at Lone Tree was another kid that I got there. That the first two years losing records, then uh, the first year I was there, he uh, won thirty matches. And then he was another kid that was around away from Playson that was a, you know, 49, I mean, a 39 and 7 or something like that. And uh, um, it, it's just cool to see that growth in, in kids. And, uh, you know, my biggest memory was probably when, as a fan, was going to, it was Dan Gable's last year, it was at the Unidome was the NCAAs, I think it was like 96. Um, and uh, I remember going there with my family and watching that when they set the points, they had the most team points at NCAA Division One, Iowa won their uh, national title. I think Oklahoma was coming in as the, Oklahoma State was coming in as a favorite. So as a fan, I would have to say probably that year was, I think Ironside won it his senior year. and. Uh, Macarabi and there's a bunch of other uh, big wins there that Iowa had um, 
but that was just a great national tournament. Plus, it was jam packed. You know, I wish I know they like having it at New York and they like having it at big venues and things like that. But when you have it there, and you know, here in God's country, it's always fun to see that because it's jam packed. Yeah, yeah, wall to wall. That's that's why that jam packed kind of feeling. That's why I believe uh, Schwab up at UNI, since we're right down yeah. the street from them, mentioned Schwab and those guys. Uh, they they get a lot of Iowa talent and they pack that West Gym and. and and it's miserable to sit on them hard bleachers with no back support in that little gym. But is it exciting when those matches are going and they're, they're yeah. scrambling and there's one point difference and the riding time is going and everybody around, you can feel everybody's heart beating and the intensity in the room because it's so tight and it's so many people in such a small area. And they're all there for one reason, to support you and I, or maybe they like a guy that's wrestling for Iowa State or something like that that's on the t opposing team. But that that is a, a quite a event. If you've never been to a wrestling event, which I'm sure if you're listening to this, you have, but if you haven't and you're listening with somebody in the car and they're listening to this podcast, get to one. Get to one of those big events where it's packed in there and the crowd is going crazy and everybody sounds like a wrestling mom. And you Facebook lived it because like I couldn't even get into the building. Yeah. And it was you and you I. You had tickets. Versus, yeah, I had tickets, but I couldn't get into the building. <laughs> because I had my son with me, so, you know, he's he's crazy. So I didn't know if he was going to be, you know, jumping around or going nuts or, you know, lost him for a bit or something. So we ended up saying no. But uh, but you Facebook lived it so you could still watch the duel, which was it was an excellent duel. But you said it was so hot in there. If you want to turn your, I think the analogy you, you said was like, turn your oven on and open it up. <laughs> and, you know, that's how hot it is in yeah, there. Yeah, pull but, a chair up and sit in front of it. <laughs> but, I mean, the, I mean, it, it was jam-packed, but, I mean, it's a great environment for the sport of wrestling. And, you know, uh, you know, you know, kudos to the, to the staff there with Schwab and those guys to build that. Because I've been in dual meets before at Northern Iowa, which, you know, nobody was there yeah. before that, you know, 10 I, years ago. I would, I, I love what he's done up there. Shaw's doing a great thing up there with Roper's assistant and, uh, they're doing some really, and Randy Pugh, those guys are doing some great things. They're bringing in a lot of local talent. Drew Foster winning this year. He was at one of your camps this summer as a counselor, and he's a national champ, never a state champ. Uh, come in, Randy Pugh, I believe it was, it believed in him, got him on the, got him up there at UNI, um, and he just earned his way, you know, and that, that was really special. I wish they would put some uh, different, take all the seats out that they have in there and put some seats with some back support for people like me. I need a little back support. And so we lose... You know, maybe we lose 25 seats in that place because yeah. it takes up a little bit more room. But, boy, I would sure like to be a little bit more comfortable when I'm sitting down up there. Uh, by the end of that night, I, I, I'm wore out because I'm yelling and screaming like everybody else. This year I'm going to try to do some more of those Facebooks live and try to get as many of those as I can. And uh, unless I get in trouble for it, I'm going to keep doing it and commentating during it and, and having a good time. So if you can't get to the you and I meet, uh, find me on Facebook at Daniel Magana. I'm the only one with that last name on Facebook, M-A-G-A-Y-N-A, -A -A, I believe. Uh, Dan Magana, find me there. And uh, you can watch you and I meet. I'll be trying to Facebook Live those when I'm uh, at home and in town and able to do that. All right, so uh, so you talk about you know wrestling and, and that that it does things for kids. Uh, what do you think wrestling does it's different from say other sports like football and basketball and baseball it's the sports that you know get all the attention on tv uh, i think the biggest thing uh for wrestling is that um it's something that you definitely have to earn 
you know, it, it, it's all you out there. As we talked before, there are some team aspects to that, which we love, you know, and, uh, you know, cherish those. Um, but, you know, I think uh, Terry Brands is a great, I mean, you don't deserve anything. You got to earn it. And I, I think that those are the life lessons that, um, you know, I'm taking on today when, you know, something doesn't go the way I would like it to go at a camp or a tournament that you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I need to take ownership of this. You know, how can I make this better? You know, how can I prevent this from happening again? You know, and I think this is also a quote that I, I have up here, Kale Sanderson quote, you know, uh, to be able to evolve, you know, you need to do that or you're going to learn a quick and painful lesson from somebody who has. You know, and I think I look I look at that as a business standpoint. I look at that as a coaching standpoint. That um, to be able to not do things as just a cookie cutter approach, like adding the one on one team sessions. I was to be say able that. to yes. add those things in there that is not what's that's so best for me because sometimes what's best for me is the easiest things to do. You know, to get out of your comfort zone and to be able to. Be like, hey, I'm putting myself out here. If we fail, we fail. But, you know, my effort is to make this camp better for the kids, for the coaches, um, or the tournament better. And if I'm uncomfortable, so be it. And I think those are the things that I learned from the sport of wrestling, that when you get your hand raised, it, it feels like none other. You know, I've been a part of, you know, the football or track or, you know, baseball. And when it just doesn't feel the same as getting that hand raised. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A couple of comments on what you were saying there is I've been with you for four or five years, I think. Now maybe four years, maybe five. I'm not sure with these Iron Sharp and Iron Camp. And I've seen every year, I've seen you make adjustments, try to improve. You take comments and, and criticisms uh, from parents and, and counselors and, and athletes. And you're constantly evolving that and, and doing little tweaks here and there and trying stuff and seeing what works and, and trying to improve your product so that you give uh, so much more than just going to a camp which uh like i said my son has gone to uh several different camps and the first camp he ever gone to where he actually asked me at the end of camp was do they have another one of these when, when's their next one was iron sharp and iron we were at lores and i remember i let him go play in the dorms with his buddies in between sessions and uh, he just had the time of his life and, and we had been to several camps he'd been going to camps for years and that's the first time and I about broke my thumbs in my pocket trying to get my phone out to find out when that next camp was so I could get him to it. And so we've been, we've been uh, bought in 100% ever since. So good job there. Uh, what's the next point you would say? I just I lost track of what I was saying there. Yeah, it happens. We all get a, a brain fart. Uh, so uh, with wrestling, I had a couple more questions for you. Um, oh, you talked about, you know, um, advice for young young coaches out there. What would be some advice you would like to give any up and coming young coaches or whatever that might be coming into coaching? You've been coaching how many years now? This will be my fourteenth. Fourteenth year. That's quite a long time. Yeah. I have a fourteen year old son. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> when you got a teenager, look out. So after fourteen years, what is, what is a couple nuggets of, of coaching advice you would give to to guys that might be just getting into the coaching field or thinking about getting into coaching? Uh, my biggest thing is to, you know, professional development, to be able to, you know, get on there online, to to be able to, uh, 
you know, don't be afraid to send emails out to, you know, some of these big name guys or, or to other guys that you see uh, that have had coaching success, you know, to be able to pick their brain a bit. Even if you get one thing, you can add that to your arsenal. It's going to help a kid, you know. And I think that that's one of the things that for young coaches is to be able to, you know, constantly have that the learning mindset to be able to know that uh, um, there's different types of learners out there. You know, you got your hands-on learners, you got your auditory learners, to be able to understand that, uh, and also how to motivate kids. You know, some kids are the kids that, you know, know, the day and age of yelling at kids, sometimes that works for some kids. Sometimes they'll completely shut down. What motivates these kids to compete at a high level? You know, um, also to be able to, you know, see when you are, you know, pushing a kid to be better or you're pushing a kid away from the sport. You know, I think that the mindset of uh, wrestling is something that we don't think about. And I, I think that is huge. I think the more you build positive relationships with kids, you're able to read them. And, uh, you know, each kid is different. Um, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, read different books about coaching, things like that. And, uh also, I think to, you know, write down those lesson plans and go back and to see that, you know, being able to peak kids at the right time, you know, being able to see, okay, what are some things in my lesson plan that I can do differently, you know, to, you know, tweak here and there. And um, I think that's the biggest thing. I agree. As, as a coach myself, I, I, I'm constantly learning. I, I My kids, you know, my, my son does it a lot and, and a lot of my higher elite kids are... Well, I've done this a hundred times. I've done this. I know how to do that. Well, you, you, do you know how to do it both ways? Do you know how to do it against left-handed wrestlers? Do you know how to do it when, when you're tired? Do you, can you do it? Can you make adjustments to it? What if that don't work? What's your next thing? I mean, finding ways to uh, continue to, to improve and not just be stagnant. I never think that I know everything in coaching. I'm always learning. You bring coaches in to talk to the, uh, at the coaches' classes at Iron Service Iron, and I take full advantage of that, and I listen, and I try to be involved in that because... I think the moment you stop learning is the moment you don't know anything because you obviously think you know everything at that point if you don't think that you need to learn something. It's always evolving, always learning. And uh, I think, like you said, with coaching styles, I think you have a coaching style. Everybody has a coaching style, but then you've got to see that, hey, maybe this kid doesn't respond to that style as well. So how do I need to go off to him? Because I'm a very loud and aggressive coach, but I also know that there's some kids who don't respond to that. So when I see that in a kid, I try not to be as heavy on him. And then I find ways to go outside of my box and go over and maybe just speak to him in a quiet voice or just mention this or that. But I also agree 110%. It's, you got to keep it positive. I mean, I might get on my kids once in a while, but if anybody that comes to my room and hears me yelling, if they don't listen to what I'm saying, they're going to think I'm a terrible coach. But if they listen to what I'm saying, they're, they're hearing things like, that's a great job. That's what I'm talking about. That's the stuff I'm looking for. Keep doing that. That was perfect. I'm saying positive stuff, but I'm saying it in such an aggressive and a loud voice. Sometimes people just hear the noise. But those kids, they, when they're with me long enough, they understand, hey, He's not yelling at me. He's yelling for me. He, he's coaching me up. He's telling me I'm great. I am great. Pretty soon they believe in themselves. And I believe that when you can get a kid to believe in themselves, they can do amazing things. And so I 100% agree with you on you got to find out which kids need, need to be talked to, which kids need to be comforted, and which kids need to be chewed on. Because some kids want to be pushed. They want to be challenged. My kid, a couple times he's biggest tournaments he's won, I said, what was different? He said, you didn't think I could do it. 
Well, he, he saw doubt in my eyes. So he wanted to prove me wrong. So sometimes I got to pretend I don't think he can do it when I really think he can do it. But sometimes I don't know if he can do it. But he likes that challenge. You know, that's what he wants. And, and you know, some kids need to be, you know, need, need to know everything about the guy they're wrestling. They just, they want to know it because they want to feel that they know they're more prepared. They're more able to beat that guy. Other kids don't want to know a thing about the guy they're wrestling. You know, and each kid is different. I, you know, everybody has their philosophy on that. Since my son was little... I would tell him, hey, this kid, if he's good, I said, this kid's good. You're going to show me, hey, this is going to test you. Let's see how good you really are. And so he's gotten to a point to where he wants to make sure that guy is good enough to be on his significant wins list on track wrestling because he don't want to wrestle somebody just to wrestle him. He wants to wrestle the best guys out there because he wants to prove himself every time, which is great. But I've got another kid in my club who if I tell him a kid is a state qualifier, all of a sudden I got a deer in headlights. You know, I got a kid with poo-poo in his pants. So I got to make sure that that kid... All I got to tell him is, hey, this is what we need to do to beat the kid. I get to give him a couple pointers. Hey, let's circle left against this kid because he doesn't have a shot that direction. Or let's get hand control because when he's got his hands tied up, he can't shoot very well. So I find just a couple pointers to give that kid. Hey, we're not going to choose bottom against this kid. He loves being on top. We're going to go ahead and choose on top because he's weak on bottom or whatever it is. And that's enough for that kid to know he can go out there and be successful because now he believes he knows something that kid doesn't know. So there's different ways of, of approaching each kid. Um... What, what is a normal practice for you like? What's a typical practice for you here at West High and for the West High athletes? Um, you know, I think for us, um, you know, on Mondays and Tuesdays, we come in the mornings, you know, for our varsity guys, and uh, we get a good sweat in. You know, we're either running or lifting. Um, you know, sometimes we're drilling. Uh, kind of depends on our need at that time, you know, beginning of the year, you know, getting into shape, you know, things like that. want to maintain strength, you know, and maybe, you know, towards the end of the year drilling. So um, how many times a week do they lift before and after season? We try to get two lifts in a week. Okay. Um, we, um, you know, so that's, you know, big for our program as well. And I think also coming in the mornings, in my opinion, you know, you have – you know, Saturdays where you're competing in the morning. So we need to get these kids, uh, you know, able to compete in the morning. And, uh, you know, for some of them, it's getting out of their comfort zone. You know, for some of them, they may not have a ride. There's excuses out there. So, you know, I kind of call Cole Knight our West High Uber, which, you know, he's going <laughs> and he's picking up like four or five kids, you know. So he's our West High Uber. Um, so, uh, but um, we, we get him there. You know, I would say also, you know, uh, what we established was an issue I saw right away. And I, um, you know, the first couple of weeks when we started checking grades was, you know, I had seven or eight kids that were uh, ineligible. I mean, that, that were going to be ineligible, that had Ds or Fs. Anybody that have Ds or Fs, um, what we do is they have a study table right after school. So they go to that study table while everybody that has A, Bs, or Cs, they're practicing. So when they get done, then, you know, my assistant coach, you know, uh, you know Cadillac, he will put them through a workout then after that. So we pretty much have to, which is good because our room is smaller. Our room's not yeah. that big. It's a way that... It's pretty surprising how small the rooms are here at East and West. Yeah. Considering the legacy they have of wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it really does help us out. And then this year when we're adding girls, you know, girls will probably go that second half where, you know, we'll have, you know, in my opinion, I think it gets kind of packed once you get, you know, 25 is kind of the max there. And then, you know, we'll have, you know, 
uh, girls and our guys that uh, have you know D's or F's will be going. Um, you know, after that uh, first practice goes, and and one thing that I really was proud of was, and it wasn't just me. You know, Joe Cadillac did a great job of uh, watching those kids' grades and doing the study table. Is we had no, we had we had zero kids that were, um, we had zero kids that were uh, ineligible. That's awesome. That finished the season with us, which I was extremely proud of, you know, grade wise that, you know, we're using wrestling as that vehicle to be successful, you know, that, you know, they need that high school education, you know, and uh, in my opinion, that failure is not an option for grades, you know, and we really talk about that student athlete, you know, that student athlete. aspect of it and uh, I was proud to incorporate that which we had to you know I saw that there was an issue there and so you know we get into our practice point you know where we you know we have our warm-up then we get into technique and then we have our drilling we have our live conditioning and then cool down and that's kind of like our basic you know format of practice yes it's going to change how, here or there how long the practices do you hold then do you have um, uh, activity buses that come at a certain time? We have activity buses that come about 6 o'clock or so. So with us, you know, we sometimes split that up where we're in the wrestling room for an hour and a half. And then we go get maybe a plate workout in or, you know, some sprints in while that other group's in there doing their wrestling. So, um you know, it kind of changes from here to there. You know, it probably starts off the year at two hours, then probably, you know, goes down to maybe an hour and a half. Now, another thing, we get, we're getting towards the end of our podcast, but I wanted to make sure we brought up things about technology. Technology has changed wrestling in the sense of track wrestling, flow wrestling, the amount of podcast technique sessions that are out there that kids can uh, get online, check out anytime. So, I mean, back in our day, I know I know I had to get a book from the library to look up moves, and I'd watch, uh, I, I can't even remember some of the people's names, I just remember we're looking at pictures and trying to read through how to do a certain moves, you know, and my coaches had to know everything. Nowadays, kids can get online, they can learn something in the room, they can go home and look it up and see five different high-level clinicians show the same move. So we've got things like that. How do you feel about the technology when it comes to also, there's videotaping nowadays, we got track wrestling at most events, it's not done on paper. We have uh, media coverage that's getting much bigger and hopefully keeps helping grow. Um, things like that, fundraising, social media, um, those kinds of things, the software at the tournaments. How, how does technology, you think, help or hurt wrestling going forward? When you talked about the book thing with the moves in the book, it's funny because I remember I watched a you know a flow documentary there of Kerry Cola and his dad's like, that move, you did not do it like the book. You got to do it over again. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, um, I think it's good, uh, because sometimes when you tell kids like right now we have, um, whatever they use for football, I can't think what it is. Uh, huddle. Huddle. Yes. We have huddle. We have that access all for West high for all sports. And, uh, we use that, uh, here and, um, And uh, so all of our kids can go back there and look at their uh, matches and whatnot. So um, I like having Huddle, you know, and it goes right to the kids' email, you know, so they can get on it. And it's so a, you use Huddle for wrestling. So we I didn't use know they Huddle had that. for wrestling. 
and you know sometimes uh, you can put different notes in there to your kids, you know because sometimes you're saying it to them and they're not actually seeing it, and then once they see it, okay, this is why coach is saying this. So you have that uh, teachable moment through technology, which I think it definitely uh, helps the kids. Yeah, and I, the thing, I, I bring that up because, like we saw about earlier about kids, uh, you know, some kids need to know who they're wrestling. They want to know how good he is or they want to know what he's good at or they want they want to prepare themselves. You know, football has been videotaping opponents since I can remember there being huge camcorders out there and looking at their opponents saying, hey, this is what they do. This is how we stop it, preparing for that game. And I think a lot of people, especially old school coaches, don't do that at all. They don't. They don't think that helps. But if you go to any college program, high level program, that, that doesn't mean you have to bombard the kids with information, especially if they're not ready for that. Some some kids aren't at that level yet where they need to are able to break that down with you and really understand it. Where others, I mean, you can give a few pointers to what that guy. If that guy, if he's throwing in legs, well, guess what? We're getting ready to work on this week for that guy. We're going to defend legs because we know that that's the guy you're going to see at districts. So I think that that kind of information helps. Also. Today's day and age, people are like, oh, I don't, I don't want my kid to know anything about the guy. Well, guess what? He's got a phone, and he can go on track wrestling. He will look that guy up. Whether you think he doesn't or not, they do. You know, very few of them don't. And if they don't, they really don't want to. And that's good. Don't tell them anything about the kid. They don't want to look him up. That's fine. Don't do it. But more often than not, I've watched those kids say they don't do that. Say, I've watched parents, oh, I don't care who they, who they got wrestled. Just bring them on. Whoever it is, I don't care. Bull, because I seen you over in the corner looking at his track profile. You know who he's beating. You know who he's lost. You know where he wrestles. So when I see people say that, so I'm like, yeah. baloney. You're going to go look at it because you're curious. It's like ESPN. You wanna, you don't, it's not going to change the outcome of a game to NFL teams, but you want to go see, hey, who's good? Who's not good? What are they good at? What are we looking for? What are we watching for? What's going to happen in the game? Oh, man, this, this quarterback reception. All that stuff happens. So you look on track rest, and they're going to find out. So go ahead. That's why I did that with my son early. I seen that coming. I seen, I watched some high school kids get on there and look up who they're wrestling, look up how, who they've beaten, what they placed at state. And if they're not prepared for that, if they're if they're deer in the headlights when that happens, they're in trouble. So I, I, I'm totally for, hey, especially if you get them young. Now, if you get them in high school, it's hard to do that because they ain't got time to develop that. But if you get them young, I let them kids know, yeah, this kid's really good. Let's see what you can do with them. Let's see how you compete. You know, this kid's a state qualifier. Let's see if we're ready to be a state qualifier or not. You know, put it in a way that doesn't scare them but challenges them and pushes them to, to elevate their game. Like I said, not every kid's ready for that. But a lot of those kids are going to be able to look it up themselves. And if you don't prepare them to look up or to understand, hey, so what if a guy is good? So what is a state champion or a state runner-up? That just gives you an opportunity. All the pressure's on him now. You can cut loose, have fun, do what you want. Because anything you do is going to be better than, than nothing. Because you're not expected to win. He is. So if you find a way to score on him, stop him from scoring, keep the score close, or maybe even beat him, dude, you've done amazing things today. So I, like, that's what I, I like technology. Like, people are like, I know people from Illinois a lot of times. They'll go online and say cuss words into the microphone by the audio, by the track wrestling. I've watched them do it. Then call track wrestling or email them and say, hey, there's somebody swearing on my kid's video. I don't want that up. They'll take the video down so that kid ain't got video online for yeah. anybody to watch. Dude, I, my son is Dan McGinnis, Max, Dan McGinnis. Go online, watch what he does, figure him out, and beat him. Because then he's going to have to expand his game. He's going to have to get better. So I'm okay with it. I want people to watch the video, figure him out. Because if you figure him out, then he's got to change his game, which makes him a better and more complete wrestler. So I'm totally okay with people watching video on my son. I'm like, watch it. Because if you can beat him with it, then good for you. You've done something. Because, uh, you know, that, that a lot of that is, I mean... People have habits, and everybody's got little tales and little things they do. They, if you know what they're doing, you can figure out ways to beat them. 
Um, so any last points? We're, we're, we've reached our, our time limit of what I was looking to do. But uh, any last points you, or any other comments you'd like to make or promoting any of your companies or business or anything this year before we end the podcast? Uh, no, I think, uh, you know, I got, you know, my point across about everything, but I just want to thank you for your time and thank you for all the things you do for the sport of wrestling. Well, thanks a lot, Steve. I appreciate you doing it. I'm sure we'll do it down the road again in the future. We'll shake hands. Yeah. Thank shake you. hands podcast. You've seen it here first. Take care. See you next time. Check every Friday as we release a new episode each and every Friday.